Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I talk to my buddy Stephen. Now, I wanted to get Stephen on the podcast because I hang with him at work, because he's a work friend, just like um, Johnny is. Who's, Johnny's a previous guest on the podcast, I think around episode 11 or 12, Life Lessons from the Prudish Punk, if I remember. But basically, Stephen used to be a vegan, and obviously he isn't anymore. Um, so I wanted to talk to him about that, what it was like being vegan and why he stopped being vegan, that sort of thing. So we talk about that more so towards the end. And at the start, we talk about festivals, uh, DIY festivals, because a friend of mine's organising a festival, so it's like a DIY sort of thing. We, we get into details in the podcast. Um, we also talk about drug reform, war on drugs, the moral grey area and alcohol, uh, factory farming, animal cruelty, trying new things, healthy eating, government control. So, uh, and also we end it up by speaking about lab-grown meat, you know, sort of stem cell burgers, that sort of thing. And um, just for... The, this podcast is only an hour long. It's only this one because um, Stephen basically had to go. You hear at the end of the podcast quite quickly. We kind of, or in a sense, pack things up and leave it to it because um, Stephen only really had an hour. So I'm thankful he came over. But yeah, that's why it's a bit of a shorter one. No, I'm going to basically stop rambling. Uh, be sure to like us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and all the usual sort of places. Uh, and just before the show gets going, we've got a promo for the Man Brain podcast. So. Listen to that if you if you fancy. Go check that guy um out. And after that, we'll get right into the show. So I'll be back at the end for more information, that sort of jazz. And um, as always, guys, thanks for listening. Man brain. You know you want it. You know you need it. Let me introduce you to our team of audio professionals, 100% committed to giving you the greatest extreme comedy podcast of all time. Um, what, what's, um, S-P-H, um, I'm so super cute. Send me your orgasmic release videos. You can get it rooting, you can get it tooting, you can get it doing doughies in your yeet. My nombre is Tio Yeti. And you just laugh at little Hank. I ain't gonna pretend I is fresh. But looks like you might like that. And most importantly, I'm Skulker. <laughs> Go to manbrainpodcast.com to get orally violated. Manbrain out. <laughs> Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. So I think what we were, um, we were talking about previously... We were talking about lunch. We were talking about lunch. Well, that was more to test the mics. That was more as a sort of... Because uh, I normally get someone to talk... I had an episode with Josh um, about... I do a science podcast with Josh called yeah. Science But Simple and um, we do it every few weeks or so and um, <clears throat> at the start we were just talking about food and he was talking about lemon and he was like oh I had some lemon in it I was like what lemon zest and he was like well no zest is the shaving of the peel and stuff right. and it's not that interesting but I didn't know that so I kept in the episode of what like <laughs> what we just spoke about I haven't kept in the episode but I am recording now um, but yeah, sometimes you have a conversation with someone and it goes it goes so quickly off on something else. Like, Fuck, I better start recording. I was meant to just be <laughs> testing the audio. Um, but yeah, hello guys. Um, I normally do an intro as well, just so you know, Steve. But um, I, <clears throat> this is my friend Stephen. Hello. I know him from work. I'll probably talk about him a little bit in the intro and say how much of an asshole he is and I hate him. And that'll be my intro. Thank so you. It's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, I was going to say, um, what we were talking about before, um, which was, it was the party field thing. Which was, it's basically, um, there's a festival up, I can't remember where it is, like in two weeks' time. But basically, do you know Blissfields? Yes, it's well, a local one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of, <clears throat> my, I've, I've got, I'm good friends with my cousin Charlotte and a lot of her friends as well. Um, and their friends are all between like 30 and 40-ish, that sort of age. Yeah. And um, they were going to go to Blissfields, it got cancelled this year, and then because they all had like, the time off and the money saved and stuff, yeah. they were trying to figure out an alternative. And Why did it get cancelled? I don't know if it's not enough ticket sales or what. I, right. I, I'm not fully sure. Um, but I know I wasn't going. I wasn't planning on going. So okay. um, it got cancelled and they basically said, okay, well, we'll do our own festival. Um, they were going to just get 
basically a month or two ago, one of them, uh, someone called Natalie, is really cool. For her birthday, we bas- she basically rented out a big field in Somerset, and we basically had like 30 or 40 people camping in this Somerset. I had some drinks, so there's some music, that sort of jazz. Yeah. And that was so much fun. And then they basically found this place, and the name of it is actually something like Party Field. It, it's something like the, the name <laughs> of the company that owns the air, the, the this field. Yeah. And it's basically a create-your-own-music festival. You can rent it out for however long you want on any weekend day or anything like that yeah um and they you however much you pay up front is how much stuff you give they give you so like to begin with it's um i think that there's there's loads of bands playing like quite a few local bands that um because a lot of the people we know are musical and that sort of thing what sort of music is it is it just um a with mix? this well this one's yeah it's just a mix i mean there's it's not anything heavy and i don't think it's anything ridiculously electronic but there's a guy called repete his name's pete and he does he's Brilliant. got this yeah i want to have him on here at some point actually but he's got this soundboard i saw him live he was amazing at, uh the alex um beer emporium in town and he does that thing where it's like a loop track so he'll go like cha-cha-cha-cha-cha and they'll press two buttons yeah. and then it'll have a loop of him going cha-cha and they'll say something else over it and he'll do the instruments with his voice and he'll make songs out of that right. and then do stuff over it so it's really clever so he would just be he was taking requests and someone's like do Beat It by Michael Jackson he was like okay give me a sec and so he oh no he, of course yeah I was there yeah. that night when we went you were yeah, yes exactly. that was him you, it was <laughs> I was you like, and Johnny. sounds familiar yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no, great yeah because yeah. yeah. it was you and Johnny and stuff and exactly. you, I think he, uh, Johnny met my cousin Charlie yes yeah, so he's going to be yeah, there right. and um, <clears throat> and so yeah it's um, him and there's there's a couple of people doing acoustic stuff. There's, there's I don't know if the band Junko Shakers are going to be there, but bands like them, which are the uh, rockabilly almost kind of sounding things, where they've got like um got like a banjo and old school stuff, and they do covers of bands that yeah. sort of thing. So it's, it's a bit of a mix, and they're going to have like um we're all pulling in for Natalie to buy loads of alcohol. Like so, so how's it? Do you pay to rent the field, and then <laughs> yeah. she's going to charge people for tickets, or is this well, sort of? Out of the goodness of a oh god no it's uh, not, not quite that she's a lovely person but it's it's kind of you ha- they had to pay a big deposit um of it's like a grand or something and then how they needed to get fifty people to go they said tickets I think tickets were like fifty quid or something like that yeah um to pay and they said the more people who go the less it will cost you right. know? Uh and then then there was a cut off point where they <clears throat> there was a cut off point where they were basically like okay from here um we've now paid this we're gonna get this, 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 and this. There's showers there and stuff as well. Um, we're going to get this. We're going to get one stage. But anyone who's going to pay after this point will then add to the sound equipment, the this, that you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. they, however much you pay will depend on, I think, the, so- the size of the field you get as well as um, uh, the stage size and all sorts of things like that. I don't know the exact specifics, but that's uh, from what I read and stuff. That's a general gist. So, I, I reckon that's how a lot of festivals just start. It's just yeah. people well, start small of- and... Work up, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Have you heard of Gabe Fest? Gabe. Yeah, G A B E. No. Um, not. Well, basically, <clears throat> there's a gentleman called Gabe, um, and I think he, uh, I don't know how people know him, but basically it was his birthday one year, and he decided to do a festival in Durley, which is by Botley and Bishop's Waltham. Yeah. Um, which where I, near I used to work. And um, he did this little festival thing here for, I think it was his 50th or something, or 40th or something, and he just decided to do a festival, not dissimilar to what we're essentially doing. I say we, I'm not actually involved in anything good of it. I don't want to take any <laughs> credit for this. Control. Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm going. That's, that's all, and I've, I've, I've got, I've brought three people with me. So that's how many people I'll be taking. So I've barely contributed at all. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, Gabe Fest, it's thing and dirty, it's just a field. And he basically, one year, he decided, get a few bands there, get a few people hundred or so people went and every year it just got bigger yeah uh now it's still it's still quite a small time festival there's only a few hundred people to go but it's like tickets are really really cheap it's under 30 quid and there's normally it's it's like friday saturday you go home on the sunday and friday night saturday night there's one stage there's like seven or eight bands to play there's a band called basement basement 83 uh and they're amazing they're a bit like have you heard of the dub pistols no. Uh, they're basically like a reggae electronic band. Okay. Um, they sound really cool, but Basement 83, they're basically like them, and they're amazing. I, I thought they were great. And weirdly enough, Basement 83 supported Dub Pistols, <laughs> one of their local gigs. It's quite <laughs> funny. But um, yeah, it was a festival called Gabe Fest, and it's now on every year. And they've got like, they get local people to bring, uh, like they've got the strawberry vodka that's made locally, and it's lush. It's really good. You just yeah. you can buy shots of it and stuff. So maybe this party field thing will become yeah, oh, I hadn't I mean, even thought that, that I think that's how it all started just snowballs year on year mm. and then before you know it yeah, yeah, like Glastonbury where they have to ballot tickets and oh yeah well, my I think my dad said he went to I think it was one of the first Glastonbury's which was either Bob Dylan or Jimi Hendrix so what year would that have been oh god I think it was I'm trying to think I might have to I'll look it up when the first uh, 
Glastonbury was. But he said it was so. It was a year where the toilets were filled. They oversold tickets essentially. Yeah. Uh, and the, I can't remember what the capacity is like a hundred or something thousand, and they end up having like two three times more people than they should have been and then they ran out of food on like the second or third day or something ridiculous <laughs> and the toilets were completely filled up after like, the first night Damn. and he was like yeah it was absolute pandemonium apparently um if i'm talking first year have you have you ever been to an event which has been oversold um i've been to a couple of gigs that have not been oversold too much but they have been oversold yeah, I've, I've been to um a few events um i went to one in motion in bristol and right. it was well, first of all, it took a good hour and a half to queue up, and we skipped a big part of the queue. We just sort of ran to the front. Um, eventually got in, and then when we were in, it was just, you couldn't move. Yeah. It was horrendous. Um, the next day, they sort of apologised and put a, a post on Facebook. But, yeah, it's, I think that it, it's just when events get greedy, stop. Yeah, they, there's that idea in there that I think airplanes do it, where they oversell tickets. That's it, yeah. They, they oversell it, and then it's like, um, because some people are bound to cancel, and then if no one does, just by chance, then you've got way too many people. It is, it is pretty annoying when that sort of... It is all about money, and it's, it's just the, that is it at the end of the day. Um, apparently, it's, Glastonbury currently is attended 175,000 people. What? Um, yeah, so many people at Glastonbury generally, um, which is a lot of people. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, the attendance on twenty sixteen was one hundred thirty five thousand people, but yeah, the first one had Led Zeppelin. Um, so it was big from the start. Yeah, um, yeah, it was held intimately from the seventies till nineteen eighty one, and then it had been held every year except for fallow years. Um, yeah, I mean, it's my dad went to one of the first ones, um, which I'm just looking up now, but. It was like the seventies. It was called like the Pilton Festival, and then there was the Glastonbury Free Fair Festival, which had Bowie and some other people. It's yeah, because it's it's varying. Oh, was it the Isle of Wight Festival? Dad was talking about. It might be the Isle of Wight Festival. I'm thinking of actually. Um, it was one or the other. Unfortunately, I'm not going to just look it up on the podcast and just sit here and discuss that one festival. But it was it was might have been the Isle of Wight. Thinking about it now, where it was it was a festival they just oversold and they just, you couldn't mm. you couldn't eat and stuff. It was just crazy. I mean, have you have you been to many? I've festivals? been yeah, I've been to a few. I've been to Cream Th- Creamfields um, sort of up in Liverpool three times now. Yeah. Um, probably not going to go this year, but that's brilliant. That's like my favourite festival. Um, and then I've been to sort of lots of one day events. Um, yeah. A couple in London, a few in Bristol. So, mm. um, I like them. I, when I first started going on well, my first festival, I thought I'm going to hate this. Mm. Because I didn't like the idea of camping and waking yeah. up with a hangover, not being able to shower, all that stuff. But yeah. once you do it and get into it, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I, I would. Yeah, it's, it is weird. It's because um, I was I actually went to a festival before I ever went to a gig. Was it ever? I went to my brother because my brother's in quite a few bands, well, three bands, and he's always been into music and playing and um, shows at the Joiners and things like that. So when I was fourteen, I think I went to one gig of his at the Joiners. But apart from that, I'd never been to like a proper gig of proper bands yeah. like, like you know I say proper <laughs> it sounds very demeaning to my brother's <laughs> band but um, yeah I went to a Sonosphere and that was with um, Alice Cooper um, Ramstein and um, Iron Maiden headlining so that was your first festival yeah how old were you when you went to that I was 17 yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 17 so I wasn't even old enough to drink we had to sneak alcohol in, in. we bought a thing of Asda bottles um, of like 24 bottles of water and we swapped out half of them for vodka. Clever. It was yeah. clever, but the, what wasn't clever was not putting any notes on any of them and not knowing which was which. Yeah. And when we went the second year, because I went the first year with a mate of mine called Laura um, in college, and then the second year I went with Reese and Kieran, who are mates of mine and stuff from college, and not from college, I've mentioned there, um, one of Reese has been on the podcast before, so I've known Reese and Kieran since uh, secondary school. But um, yeah, they didn't come to the first one with me, but they came to the second one because I was saying how amazing it was. And we... I'm trying to think when the festival was. We were, I think we were still old enough uh, to go, but I, I can't remember if there was some sort of weird limit on how much you could take in or something. I can't remember. We ended up sneaking some in anyway. Yeah. We didn't put notes on them because we're stupid. And did, all it would take is a Sharpie to do a dot on the bottom of each one. That would be, be that simple, you know? 
we didn't because we're idiots. And then Kieran, he went and um, he went down on the second or third day or something to brush his teeth, and obviously we all hung over and you know late nights. I can not, see where this is going. Stuff. Yeah, he went down. <laughs> to the, he went down like this. We we're on this little slant hill thing because Sonosphere is basically a big circle. The festival's on the middle, and the camping's like a yeah. donut around the outside, uh, which is great. I loved it. But um, we walked down the hill a little bit, and he started brushing his teeth, and then I just hear. Fuck, Mike! <laughs> I was like, "What?" And he came up the hill like with like f- like foam around his mouth, holding a bottle. Like, this isn't fucking water. And I was, I was at the vodka bottle, and he was like covered in like foam with like <laughs> that. Must have tasted so bad. I, I was just dying. My, yeah, my younger brother did a similar thing when we were younger. We went on holiday. Um, we were on the beach, and he wanted a bottle of water. And my mum had a bag with her, yeah. and she had um a little bottle of gin and some tonic for. Mm. A drink on the beach, and um, he went in her bag, grabbed the the gin, downed it all, turned to my mum, said, "Mum, my my mouth's burning." Yes, <laughs> it's because you've just downed a bottle of a uh, gin, Jamie. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's festivals are something that I kind of feel like everyone should kind of do at least once. Like it's it's one of those things where a lot of people are skeptical, like um, about camping, like. One thing I was talking to some girl on Tinder a while ago, and we were talking about a sort of camping, and she said, "I'm not really an outdoorsy person." And I said, "Okay, but how many times have you ever actually been camping?" She said, "Never." And I was like, "Okay, there's a connection here because I realised that every person I've ever met who says they're not an outdoorsy person, they've never actually been camping. Yeah, they just think it's going to be bad. They think, oh, I'm going to be so dirty. I'm going to be. It's like, no, when you're dirty in a house." You feel dirty by because you are dirty by comparison to everything else. And there's a shower there. Like, why aren't you showering? When everyone around you is dirty. It's not as bad. The last day, or if you go to download, you're there from like Wednesday to Monday. I'm not going to lie. The last two days, I wouldn't uh, have sexual relations with a woman. Let's put, it, <laughs> let's put it that way. Not for her benefit, it would be horrendous. And for my benefit, it would be horrendous as well. No one wants... So, so, so you're saying if, the, if, if she said she'd gone to a festival, she camped a weekend, and then she turned around and said, don't like camping. Then yeah. You're like, fair enough. It would be... I think you have to do two kinds of camping. You have to do proper go-to-the-woods-and-do-camping-camping, camping, which is usually all you need to do is... You can find a place like the New Forest or whatever. You just go down there with a few mates. Two people can drive. You take some tents. Um, you just set up on one of the little campsites. Are normally not too expensive. Um, if you go to some of the cool ones, you can get like um, you can get you can make barbecues or have fire pits that sort of thing. Yeah. And there's nothing quite like like a couple of my mates have fire pits and stuff. There's nothing quite like just sitting around a big circle of loads of people um, around a fire pit, just drinking and chatting, listening to music, just having a chat and having a good time. Because it's like I feel like it's one of those things where it's like. It's primal almost. Because it is. Of, it's primal. It's yeah, tapping it's, into that yeah, caveman. Hunter-gatherer almost yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, 100%. And so it's that thing I think everyone should experience because I don't really know how you couldn't enjoy that. I mean, even if you're a super clean freak, you just go, okay, get there in the evening, hang out and chill, go home in the morning and shower or whatever. It's, it's not necessarily that much longer of a time than people would normally go. Um, but then there's the other kind of fest camping, which is just go to somewhere a little bit more remote stay there for two three days often you can do activities and stuff like um that, that thing i was talking about earlier which was um my friend's party thing yeah she, she organized because the campsite you can pay extra to have these things done we did archery um axe throwing and foraging so for on saturday all a little bit hung over and stuff it's lush weather it's a bit like this but a little bit less hot just for a few hours wandering around foraging with this guy who knew what he was doing and he's talking to you about plants and things that are quite cool and saying if you try this and like you're pulling leaves off trees and eating them and they mm. actually taste good which is really weird uh, and then do a bit of archery axe throwing is a bit of fun and there's loads of things you can just one thing to do is get mullered you know drink loads or do whatever people want to do go for wander go for a walk through the forest I don't get I don't get the whole camping site thing because if you're gonna you may as well just stay in a caravan if you're not going to go out in the wilderness, mm. in a forest, in, in a tent on your own, yeah, you're going to go in a tent on a campsite with toilets and showers and <laughs> right, right next to it. You may as well just stay in a, a, a hut or, you know, a, or a caravan. I don't, yeah, I think don't it, quite get it. I, I agree. I mean, I think I'm with like that with glamping a bit where you've yeah, got, like, exactly. I'm just like, yeah. well, I don't really get that. I mean, <laughs> I think there is, it depends on where the line is. I mean, I... I like them having toilets, but I'm not that fast. But for women, it's obviously a lot easier. But um, having a couple of port loos or whatever is fine. Showers, I don't really give a shit. But I mean, at the party thing we went to, there were two showers and two toilets, and that was they were like, and there was like a urine wall, but they're like proper compost toilets. So it was like, it's like really, you know, I don't know if you've seen the festivals where you walk upstairs, so it's like ten foot high, and then you poop in there, and then you put sawdust down. Oh, like, I've never done you've, that. You've got toilet roll in there as well that you wipe with, but you also put t- sawdust down so it stops the oh, okay. smell and also then they use all that as compost. 
Oh. Yeah, gross. But uh, it's not my job, so I don't have to do it. But, you know. Nah. Well, it's, it's what poop is there for, essentially, isn't it? It's, it's like what animals... <laughs> it's for compost. Not human. Maybe not it's now, because we eat shit, and it probably <laughs> the actual shit that we produce is probably so unhealthy for the earth. It's there's, just... Yeah, there's something distinctly more um, disturbing about a human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Not proud of that. But with festival, with camping, like if you go to a camping site and it's got full on facilities and stuff, yeah, I do just think it's almost a bit of a waste. But if it's like this, these people have owned, like buy a gigantic plot of land and then they say, okay, five sites for camping and you've, there are some toilets, but generally, like the place we went, it was like a 10, 15 minute drive from the nearest town and it's just forest all around. You just go for a wander and just. The, the issue I had when we were camping at, um, Creamfields is I bought the same Halfords tent which was on offer as about 5,000 other people did so <laughs> when you're slightly inebriated uh, in the evening coming back trying to find your tent it's difficult when the same orange tent is <laughs> in every <laughs> every direction walk in oh this yeah. isn't my tent try yeah. another one yeah I mean at a download festival people often have like um, if there's enough of you people often have like flags and shit which is kind of helpful because you can kind of be mullered yes and your yeah. eyes are a bit like i can't really see but what's you going need on. to have the foresight you need to um, <laughs> you need to plan that don't you Which, yeah i've uh, never done it i'm never the, no. i'm never the smart one i'm the one who <laughs> talks about it months before i go and then forgets completely yeah i'm quite i'm quite hot on um sort of having a bin bag and everyone putting their litter in yeah the thing because you know, you're going to be sat there for a couple of days, and by the end, it's just an absolute state. The whole field is just covered in litter, cans, yeah, and 100%. plastic. And I'm just like, there's a bin bag here. Can we just all agree to. <laughs> yeah, it makes things easier as well. It's also good if someone's going to chunder, they can just go oh, in there. Yeah. I, I've had it. Um, for, I've been quite lucky with camping where I haven't had anyone puke in my tent because that would ruin things a lot. But I did have one night where um, I was at Download, and there was about. 20 people we had quite a big tent and there was like 20 people in there and they're all drinking and stuff and then the next i went to sleep in there and the next morning i woke up and my bag had had vodka poured in it not on purpose i imagine because all the people that i knew and i'm friends with or maybe that's the reason they did it who knows but you know and oh it was really annoying so i basically the last two days of download i had to wear the same pair of underwear because all my other underwear was either dirty or covered in vodka or dirty and covered in vodka it's like great thank you life that's what i get for having fun but um yeah, I think festivals or camping, I mean, it's, most of the time people say they don't like things when they've never tried them. Yeah. I used to there's a, the there's a um, I don't know which comedian it is, but he, he had a good joke. It's like, the least gay thing you can do is have gay sex and then turn around and say, I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> if you haven't had it and say, no, I'm definitely not gay, you never know. You, you, you can't. Can't, <laughs> yeah. can't you try to Is this the podcast you're trying to turn me, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I think that's like Joe Rogan said. Like, um, the only homophobes um, are literally just people who are terrified that dick is going to yeah, be delicious. I've heard about that. Um, it's great. A lot to sort of trying to overcompensate. Yeah, it's, it's true. Like, uh, not for everyone. There are some people who are just homophobic because they're assholes and they think I don't do that. Therefore, no one else should. But they're the kind of people who would be so of controlling about everything. I'm just. I'm a bit more, I don't want to say free love because it makes me sound like a hippie, but I'm just like, just let everyone do whatever the fuck they want. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Booze is already illegal, so, and it's worse for you than most drugs, so just let people do drugs. I'm not saying go to a corner shop, anyone of any age can buy an ounce of heroin. That makes no sense. That's stupid. You could have to have a regulated reform system, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah. In in terms of ethics, I think the, the golden rule is always, a, as in, just do what you want as yeah. long as it's not hurting anybody else I think that's a, a good place to start from and like I say um, if we were to take that view with drugs and you know um, sexuality and all, all manner of things if we yeah. were, you know to take that line I think with the world would probably be a better place yeah. it, it, do what you want to do make your decisions if it affects you you take the risk you take the responsibility yeah. um, but I don't see why that should affect Smoking, uh, smoking what actually. What people can do. Well, exactly, I agree with you. I mean, smoking actually, like, I, I'm not against smoking. As I said, I don't give a shit. People should, if people want to increase their chances of getting lung cancer substantially because smoking is enjoyable. Because you know, I do smoke occasionally. It's if people want to do that, I, I don't see the problem. I mean, there's the argument of oh, it's bad for the NHS, that sort of thing. It's like okay, fair enough. I I can understand that, but 
then it's well when people eat shit and don't do enough exercise so well therefore you should if you're going to use the argument that people shouldn't smoke because it's costly on the nhs then it's Mm. people shouldn't have bad food gym exercising gym slash exercising should be mandatory um you shouldn't be able to buy mcdonald's you know i mean it's where's the line i'd I'd take the nhs argument if you didn't pay taxes or national health insurance and (laughs) people are turning around saying well you're using if you do pay that and you are contributing um and you're you know you're you're complicit you're 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 a part of the system Mm. um and then you choose to to do whatever i think you've 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 bought in. You've done what you you should. Why shouldn't you? Yeah. Um. You know, reap the benefits. Yeah. It's people. It's a weird thing because the thing is the problem is also whenever people talk about say <clears throat> um, drugs, you know, it's one of those things where it's like as soon as you mention it, people go no. They imagine for a second they go everyone in the world's going to suddenly become a heroin yeah, junkie. Just, everyone like, starts shooting up. And, yeah. Yeah. Nothing's like, going to get done. It's like what? That doesn't make any I, sense. I, you know, I, I don't know what the research says and what. You know, where where countries such as like Portugal, I think, have decriminalised what everything. It, I think you know, in terms of use and, mm. and addicts, what what that would look like. But I can't imagine if heroin was made legal tomorrow, me, you or I would go out and no. um, stock up and no. start doing it immediately. You'd, you'd take the decision. That's probably bad for you. I'm going to stay away from it. Yeah. Um, I mean, like like alcohol, you don't. You know, it's legal. You can go to the pub. It doesn't mean you're going to go and get drunk get all the time. five litres of vodka and, and kill yourself. Yeah, so I could easily go to the corner shop right now. I could buy two litre bottles of Jack Daniels. Mm. I could down them outside the shop and yeah. I'll probably die from yeah. like that, that amount of alcohol in one go, especially because I don't drink that much that often anyway. Well, th- people don't generally do that. People do... Uh, there are alcoholics, but people have this weird thing where everything's in black and white, where they go... Uh, for, this is, I've mentioned this sort of example on the podcast before, and it trigger warning to warning people: rape. Okay, rape is absolutely horrendous. I'm not condoning rape. Rape is fucking disgusting and awful. One of the worst things you can do to another person. But no matter what you do, until we have some sort of maybe technology where we can communicate through our thoughts or whatever. But where we are now, you're not going to get rid of rape. You can reduce it loads. You can put in loads of measures to stop it happening any place in any way you can. You can yeah. Educate people, make sure people know how horrible and disgusting and horrendous it is, even though people should just know, but you know. And it's the same with alcohol, same with cigarettes. When they put all the cigarettes, uh, the pictures on the packs and stuff, you know, a lot of smokers complained about it, but it has drastically cut down the amount of smokers. Yeah. But doing all these measures, educating people, saying, look, if you smoke 20 packs a day, you're probably going to get lung cancer. You won't always, because there's always that one person who goes, yeah, well, my uncle, you know, he smokes 60 a day and he's now 18, he's fine. It's like, okay. Anyone else, like 99% of people do that, die. This one person who's an outlier doesn't mean smoking won't kill you. It just means it's not 100% guaranteed. It's just likely. Yeah. And it's, people have this thing where you go, you talk about drugs, and it's like, oh no, you legalize drugs, everyone's going to be a junkie. It's like, no. That's- I, th- I think the people, well, this might sound a bit conspiratorial, but I think the people in charge would rather you be controlled mm. as opposed to more educated and, and knowledgeable about certain things is mm. uh, firstly i think it's because it's easier um if yeah. you say something's banned mm. um it's far easier than educating someone on the risks the benefits um you know looking into it before it, it it's logistically it's far easier just to yeah. say look this is you're not allowed to do this um but i think also there's benefits to <laughs> a government keeping the their people under control and and perhaps not um, becoming more enlightened and more educated. Yeah, agree, that probably agree. sounds really conspiratorial. Well, but... it's 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 true to a degree, isn't it? I mean, it's you know there was that idea of um, sort of the did you I don't know if you've heard about it because I know that we both listen to quite a few similar podcasts, but um, uh, there's one there's a Joe Rogan podcast with a guy who helped make the documentaries of um, it was a mini documentary series I've watched three of the four episodes of. It's called America's War on Drugs. Okay. Um, it's basically I'm going to huge detail. It's a fantastic show. Everyone should check it out. It's it's so good. But um, there's one one of the episodes is each episode is about like three or four different things. But one of the episodes there's a bit about LSD and basically excuse me basically LSD was a thing in like I think it was a 50s or something and then around the time the, I think the Cold War was happening in with between Russia and America yeah. um, I think it was somewhere in Switzerland I think it was was making LSD and just kind of it was really low key testing out 
America found out that Russia was buying it and using it to test on people to figure out what it does. So yeah. America basically just bought all of it, like basically all the acid in the world from this one place that made it. And they started using it, developing it, creating their own, that sort of thing. And it made the MK Ultra program, which was they basically would get people, certain people would be volunteers and they would just give it to them, see what they do, that sort of thing. But they get other people where, this is where the CIA gets a bit shady stuff, uh, they... They would get people who are mentally ill, like schizophrenics or anyone like that, yeah. bipolar, that sort of thing. They would, often people who are already in straitjackets and incarcerated in uh, mental institutions, put them in a dark room, play an audio loop of nine seconds on loop for days on end and give them shitloads of acid. Like a tab of acid is meant to be like one drop. They'd give them like five, six times more than that yeah. and just keep giving them that. In a dark room with this one audio loop playing to people that are already mentally yeah, to try unstable. And, what's the term? Uh, a Manchurian candidate, I think it is. Or like you basically brainwash someone to control. Yeah, mind yeah. control. Well, that's what they started doing. Yeah. And what ended up happening was some of the people who'd volunteer, not for the straitjacket closed room thing. Some of the people who just volunteered to give it a go for scientific reasons. One of the guys liked his acid trip so much he became the biggest acid distributor in America. He, he, I can't remember how he did it. Oh, I think I've heard about this guy. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I can't remember what he did exactly, so I'd have to, I don't want to say he did this or did that and business informed people, but I really recommend people go look it up. But he basically cultivated acid and he spread it for America. Mm. So the only reason acid was in America for from the 60s, I think it was, the only reason it was in there was because the CIA wanted to control people so bad it bought <laughs> all of the drug in the world to yeah. control everyone. Yeah. And it's just like... And the government are like, oh, war on drugs, we need to get rid of it. And it's like, if you actually look into America's war on drugs, it's all political. Like, there's that film out which is American made, which I haven't yet watched. Um, but I've seen this. Have you watched Narcos, the series? Yeah, I've watched some of the first yeah, season, yeah. I love that show. But it's uh, basically, for, in brief, there's like cocaine made in Colombia a lot of the time. And then loads of people in America started getting it and loving it. So what the CIA did was they would pay. Um, these drug smugglers to smuggle weapons down from America to the south um, to basically where there's a lot of people fighting uh, the communists sort of in um, in some of the southern Americas in some of the south Americas uh, and then they'll pay they basically they would let the drug smugglers basically pay them for it to to basically come back with cocaine on their plane right okay. so they would be paying the CIA to take cocaine up to the uh, up to America and deliver it and the CIA would then basically say okay we've let you do that now you take our guns back and it'd be that so the CIA would basically use money they'd raise from uh, the drug war essentially from from getting paid from these drug dealers to look the other way to fuel their own war of the Cold War while simultaneously tainting America with the drugs which would inevitably be used by Reagan as a whole propaganda thing yeah. of the drug war and it's like I'm not a conspiracy theorist but this isn't actually a conspiracy like what I've just told you that's not some weird it, it, tinfoil if, if hat thing if there's one war that America have, <laughs> have been defeated time after time again it's it's the drug war it's seems to be an un- unending thing yeah it's crept over here because we you know for for the most part follow american foreign policy yeah exactly um, as most of the world does <laughs> um and yeah it's it's just like hitting your head against a brick wall people are still going to use um yeah and you've got it's kind of heartbreaking to see people go to prison for fairly minor drug offenses, uh, drug yeah. offenses which um you know they're not selling it's personal use it's if they are doing any damage it's purely to themselves mm. um and you want to lock them up and <laughs> throw away the key in, yeah. in, in some instances there's that statement i heard which was um someone posted on twitter or something like that some social media thing so it's not an original thought of mine but it was basically um don't do drugs because drugs will ruin your life so if we catch you doing drugs we're gonna put you in jail <laughs> and ruin your life it's yeah. like what the, what <laughs> What? <laughs> it's no sense. Yeah. And it's and the, the biggest crux of the argument is like whether or not you're for or against drugs in general. The thing is, there's is things that you can't argue with, which is <laughs> cannabis should be legal. Doesn't matter if you smoke it or not. You know, it just should be because you can't have booze legal and not cannabis. It doesn't. That logically, the only argument I've heard that's even remotely valid, and it's such a pales in comparison, is. You can't test for people on weed in the same way you can with booze. Because booze is the breathalyzer. Right, okay. And weed, I think they are starting to develop more things. But you can get blood tests and hair and urine. But a lot of these things, um, like, if you're a regular smoker, I think it can be in your hair for ages. Like, like mm. years. And urine, it can be there for a long time. Blood as well. And it's like, but if you smoked weed, you know, a month ago, and they test you for it, you go positive. They can't do you for DUI, you know, yeah. driving under the influence when it's... Right, I but, see. So that's, that's the only argument I've heard for that. But... You know, all the other drugs are 
at some point one day, I imagine I'm going to do a podcast where I'm going to, I figured out the drug podcast, the drug one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've kind of, I, I believe I figured out a system that would work, I think. Um, but I think I need to write it down and figure it out a bit more, but I've, I, I'm pretty certain I figured it out. Like I could you, actually, you're going to save the world with this. You're going to, I could, yeah. I could tell you now if you want, you could save it, out. save it. You want me to save it, write it down first and yeah, get I've, it down. I've been thinking about it a lot, but it's, it would, it's all about just regulation. Like one example I use, okay, is I want to clarify to everyone on this thing. Okay. I didn't do cocaine in college. Okay. Just to clarify, <laughs> before I say the story, I did not do cocaine in college. Okay. Now we've cleared that up in college. When I wanted to drink, you know, I could get my parents to buy it because um, they would, you know, they were not really controlling and they'd buy me like a reasonable amount. Um, and I remember I went to a gig one time um, and I couldn't buy drinks in there. I was 16. I think it was at the joiners. Yeah. Um, I couldn't buy tobacco legally because I was underage. Okay. Yeah. I could never get tobacco and um, getting booze I could only get from my parents. Okay. The amount of people who'd offer you Coke or weed <laughs> was ridiculous because yeah. drug dealers don't ID you. You know, I had people who are my sort of age who were doing coke and not drinking because they couldn't get mm. booze because their parents wouldn't buy them booze. They didn't know anyone old enough who'd buy them booze. But drug dealers don't give a shit. Yeah, and in, not not all drug dealers, but most of the time you're dealing with perhaps not the more, best people. More, yeah, more, more dubious characters than you, you otherwise would. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it with the black market. It has set up a situation where the most uh, nefarious that most <laughs> you know horrible people tend to to get to the top yeah um and you know there's no tax the society doesn't benefit in any way f- from it no um it probably creates more crime in terms of you know gang violence oh, yeah. that sort of thing definitely um and it's it's all just a bit of a mess really yeah it's like um in America, when um, when alcohol prohibition was a thing, um, and that was yeah, they made alcohol illegal in the I think it was around the th- it was either twenties or thirties. I can't remember exactly when, but it basically that happened. And what happened? Well, people didn't drink. It didn't stop drinking. What happened is people just got their booze illegally. There was a lot more moonshine. Then the mobsters basically comp- like, half took over because some police officers still wanted to drink. Some people in power still wanted to drink. You could only get it illegally, so you have to make yeah. deals. You know, and and one thing never some one thing that people never seem to talk about is alcohol as a drug. It's a horrible drug. Oh it, yeah. If you walk down any you know high street in any city on a Saturday night, you'll see exactly what it does to people. They get mm. belligerent, violent, aggressive. Um, yeah. You know that's you can't say that for most other drugs. Yeah, um, I mean coke maybe, but coke is normally taken with booze. So sure. it's just like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it does seem that this this one drug, which you know doesn't it bring out the best in people, is the one that we um, let, every, let everyone use. Yeah, exactly. It, it's one of those things where it's it's also like with a lot of the drugs. Obviously, with the powders and stuff and the pills, you can o- overdose on them quite easily if you're not careful. Yeah. But weed, mushrooms, and acid. I, I I don't I can't remember the amount. Of, you have to do so much acid to really fuck yourself up. But like I think mushrooms and like weed. So yeah, it's, I think it's called the LD fifty, which is lethal dose. 50%. Yes, percent. So you are correct. Um, it'll be the amount of which you, if you consume, yeah, fifty percent of the people which have consumed that will die. I yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah. That, so that's that'll be the LD fifty. So for alcohol, you know what? It's two liters of. Vodka, maybe, probably, like yeah, maybe if that. Um, weed, I think it's something stupid. Like I think weed, you have to smoke basically kilograms of this stuff. I think you have to like almost literally smoke your body weight in it. But your maybe. brain, something I think like I've heard that. that your brain physically, when you get to a point with um, intake in cannabis, from what I've heard is that you will, because obviously you have to either eat it or smoke it. You yeah. have you basically your your body will reject it. You'll puke or you'll do this, and you will physically be unable to eat or smoke anymore cannabis before it kills you. Yeah. So you'd get so blazed and so fucking destroyed and you'd be trying to smoke it, but it'd be, you'd barely be able to inhale it and you're trying to eat it and you wouldn't want to eat and you just puke it back up again straight away. So you would, I think it is actually physically impossible to die from overdosing on weed. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think that the sort of traditional psychedelic, so mushrooms, LSD, yeah. I don't think they have an LD50 or it hasn't been, yeah, been research. I know research on it's fairly, you know. Well, there isn't any, but um, I th- I don't think anybody's ever died of a LSD or mushroom overdose. But I th- the way people die with them is, you know, 
throw themselves out of well, exactly. windows at the top of buildings. Yeah, that's the problem. Have it? you ever heard that um, Bill Hicks joke about that? He's like, the people that take acid and throw themselves off the top of a building because they think they can fly are just idiots. Because <laughs> if you could think you could fly, if you're on LSD, you just take off from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. As so you, good. Don't blame the acid. Folks, it's the uh, it's the people. Well, that's what people like stupid. to do. When people are against certain things, they'll go like, um, you know, there's a big argument about politics, the left and the right, okay? And what people do, they'll use extreme examples. So they'll go, I hate people on the left, why? Well, they want to raise the minimum wage to £15 an hour. And it's like, no, some of them do. I don't. I think that's a bad idea. But then you get people go, I hate people on the right, they're all racist. It's like, people on the right are not all racist. There are racists on the right. Doesn't mean they all are racist. And they, you use like, hard. Oh, wouldn't do acid why I heard about that guy who got went insane and ripped his skin off his arm it's like, <laughs> yeah you get people who if you get someone who's already a fucking nut job and you give them something that's gonna send their brain off into infinity duh or if you get people if you don't this is the problem as well people go drugs kill people it's like yeah do you want to know why drugs kill people like that girl at mutiny and actually that girl and the guy at mutiny I yeah think it was right yeah well, those people died of um taking too many drugs because if, if like with alcohol or something you get given an amount and you say okay you can buy two of these at once, okay? You get these two pills, that'll be fine. If you take ten of them, you'll die. Don't fucking do that. Yeah. When they're regulated, it's fine. When they're not regulated, you can take one pill and it seems to be, oh, this is fairly strong. And then you take the same, seemingly the same pill, six months down the line. You don't know what's been put in it because it's all illegal, there's no regulation. It could be ten times stronger, which is what from what the reports on the newspapers and things like that said, it was just ridiculously strong stuff. Yeah. So people were taking like two of these pills that they thought was quite weak, it was way stronger than they thought it was, and that's what killed them. So I I read something recently and that pills are getting stronger. Yeah. And a, a reason for that is mm-hmm. um if you get caught with one pill. Yeah. I mean, you could you could have one really strong pill, and it could have as much of the substance in it as two normal pills. Yeah. But if you get caught with one by the police, mm-hmm. they're likely just to take it off you, slap you on the wrist. The more you're caught with of actual pills, it, yeah. they can't determine you know the 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 level of the the drug at the yeah. time. Obviously. Yeah. Um, if you've got multiple pills on you, you you're more likely to get nicked. So that's a good point. The pills are getting stronger, so you have to carry less. So you can carry less. So if you do get caught, you, you know, yeah, you're, um, less, less. Well, that makes logical sense, doesn't it? You know, if it is, it is one of those things. It, it's the there's, there's a documentary I'd really recommend to people. It was made in 2012, so it's a little bit older. Um, but it's narrated by Morgan Freeman, and it's right. it's, it's called Breaking the Taboo, and it's on Netflix. And it was the first dro- drug documentary I ever watched, and it it really it changed my life. Essentially, it made me look at drugs in a completely different way and um it's basically explaining that in america it's way worse than it is in england but it's like the american uh the mexican drug cartel they're like half like running mexico they're causing like i think mexico city's got one of the highest like murder rates of oh, yeah like, anywhere I think you're right yeah and it's like well the reason for that is because drugs are basically the new currency well if you made it so that criminals can't get a hold of drugs or you get the government to make cleaner drugs that are cheaper easy to access and regulated they will cut off the back market in the matter of months if you regulate it enough and say people can only buy a certain amount of time then it would it would cut down on people getting from drug dealers it wouldn't erase like addicts but it's like we were talking about before not everyone's an alcoholic because you can buy booze you know not everyone's drunk driving all the time because we learn you get i've been told i've never overdosed on on alcohol in the sense of been put in hospital but i'm aware that if i drink too much that will happen mm. you know i've i've seen on talk to frank and a few other drug websites and things like that about don't take this many pills don't take that don't do this but like you know with pills like on this uh, daily uh daily echo i think it was a website they were showing two of the, the pills that were really strong that everyone's going mad about and one was like this little green heineken one and the other one was this little blue one with like a punisher logo on it it's like okay. and if you look online you can see so many different pills of all kinds of shapes sizes prints on them all that sort of shit it's like they look like sweets don't well, they? Yeah, yeah it's like well you don't know how strong it is until you take one well if it's too strong tough shit if you buy it from a shop it's easy you know it's no there's none of that and because there's no secrecy and stuff like for example you know if you have a party and you have loads of people doing drugs and someone starts to OD and you call the police or call the ambulance and the police come, you'd get arrested because you count as a dealer. Right, it's yeah. like a dealer because they're doing it on your premises yeah. so you can get done for knowing that, okay? Yeah. Well, then, 
how many people have probably either been wounded more or potentially died mm. because people have been too scared to call the ambulance and get them saved because of drugs? It, it, it doesn't make any sense. There's no logic. If there was no cigarettes, if cigarettes were illegal and uh, alcohol was illegal, I'd be like, okay, well, our society don't want us to do anything at all, so we can't do anything. That's fine. We'll be fine. I'd be very annoyed but about it, that. It's, it's weird how we, um, with pain pills and opioids, that sort of thing, yeah. how we... <laughs> You know, we use that as medicine. And yeah. That's, you know, if you have a bad back or something like that, you can go to your doctor, take that, and a lot of the time people get addicted to them. Yeah. Um, but if you were to do the same thing with heroin, which, as I understand, it's the same yeah, well, sort of it's base, made from opium. Yeah. yeah um, substance. That's very taboo. Yeah. If you're if you're ever, you know caught or known to be doing heroin oh yeah that's you know the stigma attached to that's Mm. incredible so um yeah it it strikes me as odd how in some of these compounds it's it's the same thing yeah um just how we package it up and give it to people it's uh, exactly that's part of that government control that's what the kind of conspiracy theory but i think i just do think it's one of those one of those things where you know if there was regulation people careful about it and that sort of thing it would be fine because it's like um what was one of the things I heard? It was, it was something like with cannabis, for example, in the places it's legal, like the uh, Amsterdam, places like that, and I think they're more lax with it. Obviously, in Portugal, it's decriminalised. I think yeah. in Jamaica, it's either decriminalised or legal. <laughs> one would uh, think so. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, you'd imagine. <laughs> and um, in those places, you, you don't get as many people having anxiety attacks or severe... Uh, what's the word? When you have like a bad time on, on weed or whatever... I don't, uh, like, bad trip yeah well i don't think you have trips on weed but like you know what i mean if, if bad experience yeah, yeah yeah you don't have that anywhere near as much when you're uh when you're in a place where it's legal because a lot of it comes from yeah, the worry I, I could see that yeah a lot of it comes from the anxiety of oh god i'm smoking weed you can smell it really strong what if i get caught what if this what if that what, what if da, 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 da. and when you're on certain other things like acid when you're on hallucinogens which are very very much about your own mind if you get a worry of, oh shit, what if I get in trouble for this? You could hallucinate something really bad, which would cause you to have a bad trip. If it's legal and you go, if anything bad happens, I can call this number, say, help, I'm on acid, can someone come over and help me? And someone does. Yeah. What is, you know, it's, it's the same with booze. I've, I, I, I've known people that have been to Amsterdam mm. and they've come back and said exactly that, that being able to do it in public, you know, and not have to worry is an odd experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like I've been to Amsterdam, and you know I'm not gonna lie. In college, I smoked a bit of weed, <laughs> but like when you would do it, you know you'd have to hide from everyone. You know, obviously, especially when you're college kids and stuff as well. You know, I, I don't know many people in college who haven't really, but at least dabbled. But like you know, we used to sneak off to a specific spot that we'd in the woods that we'd literally have to hide in, and if there's any noise at all, we'd have to freak and look around <laughs> and shit. Is someone gonna, you know? For, no one really gives a shit about weed that much in Britain anymore but it's that thing of that worry and that anxiety and what we're going to get caught what if my mum finds out that I'm smoking weed what if I you know if you know someone at college finds out and then I end up getting in trouble and that sort of thing and it's just like yeah. and, and the the argument is that the the drugs will have a negative impact on society but it's all these bad vibes the anxiety criminal gangs in charge and all the rest that goes along with it that would seem that that's a bad impact <laughs> on society you would think that you would but apparently not according to someone the powers that be the men in the suits the men in black yeah um well, well we've been talking about drugs for quite a while now so i'm gonna lean off that a little bit and <laughs> um, so this podcast isn't 100 percent about drugs and festivals because it makes us <laughs> yeah. druggies so it's like no i don't do drugs guys i'm sorry I used to smoke a little bit of weed but i'm too busy for drugs now too too much uh too much podcasting but um i was gonna say with um what one thing i did want to get you on for was just to chat with you about was um because we've got about 15 or so minutes left um which is about you used to be a vegan ah um, yes yes so i wanted to i just wanted to ask you a little bit about that um so like obviously you're not one now because we had dinner and yeah, we had, you had we chicken had nice chicken <laughs> yeah so you're probably the worst vegan ever if you were so <laughs> what um when how long ago did you because we listen to the same podcast and stuff, and I imagine we probably have a similar idea about why veganism is kind of a good way forward and things like that. But, like, when, how long ago did you decide to become vegan? So it was uh, about this time last year, so okay. 12 months ago. Yeah. Um, and I kept up for six, seven months. Mm. Um, 
and it was because of ethical reasons. Like, you know, I still subscribe to the the belief that factory farming um, the worst is shit. ethically indefensible. I yeah, think. I um, however, and I, if 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 I could, I still would be vegan. But towards the end, I was getting home in the evening, just no energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I, I, not much of a cook, not much of a chef. Um, yeah, me neither. And making food, I just find it so tedious and boring. Yeah, I'm not. I don't like making and food you've, either. It's it, vegan would be being vegan is good for someone who has the time to prepare food, make it themselves. Um, do I'm not really into that, and mm. I just found myself sort of eating shit basically because <laughs> um, I, I just don't have the patience or time to to cook my own. Yeah. Um. So. I guess that was a failing on my part, but definitely physically. Um, obviously, everyone bangs on about protein and the lack of it on a vegan diet. I think maybe that that played a part in um, the, the dip in energy I had. Yeah, well, there's some people that say, like, um, you know, when you go vegan, uh, what a lot of the time you have to do is this, there's nothing that's quite expensive it can be. You have to get your blood work done, and then you... you not everyone has to do this, but... Some people go vegan and they'll have incredible health benefits and they'll just feel amazing and they won't have any. Oh, real to issues. start off, it was it was like complete opposite to what it was in the in the um in the end. It was had lots of energy. I felt um sort of light, mm. like you know, physically and also sort of in the mind. As that that sounds a bit weird, but no, I get what you um, mean. I, I I wouldn't have sort of those slumps in the afternoon. You remember, like three or four o'clock today, mm. I felt. Bloody hell! Days dragging. <laughs> you get that sort of dip yeah. in energy. Didn't have that okay. when I was vegan, which was interesting. Um, and yeah, it, it, t- to start with, it was it was really good. Mm. Um, but you know, again, it, I think the long term effects because there are certain things which you just don't get from mm. a vegan diet. You need to supplement. Yeah, I think um, is it omega three uh, or is is vitamin B twelve. Right, um, I think is the main one because I think that's basically the only thing that you can't get unless you have meat, uh, unless you have food that's had yes. it specifically right, put okay. in it. I, I think, uh, yeah, um, I went to sort of Holland and Barrett and got these vegan uh, capsules that yeah, had yeah. everything I, I needed to take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 meal which I had to stop to or to end the the veganism was. Uh, a Hawaiian pizza from Domino's, really? which was rather enjoyable. You know, if you, yeah, if you want to have the best pizza of your life, don't eat any cheese, any meat for six months, and then have a Domino's. It's, it's pretty. <laughs> that does sound pretty good. I mean, I love, yeah. love Domino's anyway, and that's uh, that's the thing. It's also with with dietary changes. What people don't get is like, um, if everyone's body is different you know certain people have not only is your lifestyle different of how much time you spend outside how much exercise you do but also genetically what your metabolism is like like i'm genetically predisposed to have uh quite a sensitive stomach you know uh, my dad died of esophageal cancer a lot of it due to sort of stomach acid uh <coughs> excuse me imperfections i mean burping that's nice <laughs> I burp, unfortunately i burp quite a lot because of my stomach acid bit fuck so and his mum died of stomach cancer so it's like these things mean that my stomach is more sensitive. Like, I can't eat... I used to eat jalapenos. Can't anymore. I eat them, literally... So what happens? You just get... I get really bad stomach pain, like like stabbing pain uh, in my stomach. And then about... Probably three, four hours later, diarrhea, unfortunately. Just really (laughs) bad for, like, two hours. And it'll be gone. It'll be completely fine. But that... If I have a pizza with more than, like... I ingest more than, say, like, a few seeds of jalapenos... Oh, then hours later, I'll feel it. It's I've had it before. I've eaten food, which is got some jalapenos in. I didn't realize. Gone to sleep, woke up the next day, gone to work. And after, when you wake up the next day, you don't notice really. Yeah. And then it gets to like 9, 10-ish and your stomach starts gurgling and it hurts. And we'll, a little we'll bit. fill in the gaps from, from them. Yeah. Like. I'm not going to go any further. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further from there. But like, you know what I mean? So is it so, specifically jalapenos or ha- just hot stuff? Um, ha- It's jalapenos is a definite. Um, right. Hot things like chili hot, I don't get that. Because I, I really like spicy chilies, but it it depends how spicy. It's okay. just a lot more. Like I can eat a hot curry, uh, which is weird because normally hot curry is the thing that makes your stomach go. But mm. 
Yeah, so, and only on that basis, and obviously I, I'm, I have hay fever, okay, so I'm allergic to pollen, for fuck's sake, <laughs> and it's like, if I eat certain fruit, like I love blueberries, or I love blueberry flavoured things, if I eat a blueberry anything, or a blueberry muffin, I would just start rashing, right, that alone really? is showing that my body is different from, say, yours, for example, because mm. you can eat, I assume you can eat blueberries and be fine, so, yep. <laughs> on, on that basis, our bodies act with blueberries differently, okay, now, that's for everything, so everything across the board, so, some people can go on a vegan diet, just take some supplements, perfectly fine if you had a vitamin i don't know anything about the vitamins so if you had a vitamin a deficiency for example sake just because i don't know what vitamin a is so if you had a vitamin a deficiency and you should be getting that from a vegan diet but you're not and you're taking the supplements and stuff and it's not quite giving you enough that causes you to be tired so you have to then do blood work um, to check what you're lacking in so you can take even more supplements or even more of a certain food with the right thing in there and with something like veganism where you you take out such a huge chunk of variety in a sense mm. of the different types of food you can it can affect people in different ways and it can everyone's sort of different you know some people go vegetarian and they feel 10 times better other people just feel sick all the time and mm. it's a weird one where that's when vegans go everyone could be vegan it's like maybe maybe but there's some people that just go vegan and they try everything they do all the supplements they get their blood work done and it's just nothing will get their levels up and nothing will make them feel as good as when they feel when they eat meat Oh yeah, I mean, I I think we were or we've come up as a species having meat as part of our diet. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt there. Um, I think the the fact you need to synthetically supplement your diet to mm-hmm. get those stuff on a vegan diet, um, didn't sit quite well with me. It seemed a bit, you know, from a health yeah. perspective, it seemed a bit backwards. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, just, just look at our our teeth, for example. They're they're made to to um eat meat um well at least the front ones are anyway so yeah there there are i think like you say there are stuff there is stuff in meat that we i think we do need yeah 100 percent. it's it's uh it's one of those things where i've got no problem with people being vegan because it's a very noble cause and if i liked vegetables which i don't if i could actually cook which i can't if i could afford the price difference and a lot of vegans go i was not actually that much more expensive it's like no it still is if you eat well as an omnivore then no it doesn't but if you're like me i can buy i don't buy radixie radixie cheap right but i can get 40 sausages for like two quid in iceland okay if i wouldn't have sausages every night okay if i had four sausages every night yeah that's like 10 days of meat for two quid yeah right now there's vegetables even the cheapest of the cheap you can't replicate that in the same way especially mm. when if you have cheaper veg or like a lot of the best veg and fruit cost more money. Mm. So, and you have to obviously cook it in the right way. Because if you just got loads of frozen veg, literally put it in a bowl in a microwave and then put some water with it and boiled it, for most people it tastes like shit and they don't enjoy your food as much and that sort of thing. So, mm. as you said before, you have to put, you have to basically be able to kind of cook. You have to be more experimental with your food. You have to be able to try different things. And the, what the worst part is um, going out, getting mm. stuff like a meal deal. Yeah. Because everything. You know, all right, I've got to find something without meat in, first of all. Okay, got a sandwich. Oh, it has mayonnaise. Put that back. Um, you know, eggs, butter, milk, anything like that off the menu. Mm. So right away, your things you can eat, even stuff like crisp, until you look at the package, you don't actually know how much of this stuff has milk extract in and mm. eggs. That's um, it for cakes, biscuits, that sort of stuff. Yeah. All, all got eggs. Can't have any of that. Um, Doritos. Yeah. The chili heatwave ones are vegan. Right. But the blue ones and obviously the cheese ones aren't vegan. So <laughs> I found myself, my sort of treat food would be a big bag of <laughs> chili heatwave Doritos and, and salsa. Yeah. Wasn't there, did you want to say it was Oreos? Are they? Yeah, Oreos are vegan. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think the, I think it's soya is yeah. what they use. Because there was a website you mentioned to me before, wasn't yeah. there? What was it called? I can't remember the name of it, but essentially what it was was, soup, you know, supermarket branded products, you know, Oreos, Doritos, that sort of thing. Yeah. It had a big list of them of everything that was vegan. Okay. Um, so yeah, any vegans out there, um, who want shit food, and, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing, um, check it out because there are stuff out there, but you need to be so picky and selective with what you eat, and it's. Yeah, it's a job in itself, going shopping. Oh, I can imagine. Also, when you go out, like for me, when I, if I have, <clears throat> like I like having barbecues, and when I have barbecues, I do it really simple. I have burgers, 
and sausages. Mm. Sometimes I have two varieties of burgers. That's basically as far as I go. Yeah. And I'm, I, I do like go to barbecues where people have got loads and loads of things. But I normally have low-key barbecues with like up to 10 people. I just get loads of sausages, loads of um, Everyone burgers. likes sausages. Everyone likes burgers. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And I just go, done. And I don't... I've got a couple of mates who are vegetarian or a couple of mates who aren't into beef and um, sausage. And that's fine. But I don't invite them because there's, I'm not... Not to sound like an asshole, but I can't be fucked. I can't. I'm not a good enough cook. I want to just cook these. I want to do this. You can hang out with me another time, or you can hang out and just eat something else, cook it in the oven, whatever. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where, and that's just something small and low key. And I remember when we went on that work do thing, yeah. and you had that vegan platter, which did actually look really good. But it's everywhere yeah. you go, every aeroplane meal, every place you go where you want to eat. So hey, should we go here for eat? Wait, I got to make sure that it's got something for me, or we have to go somewhere else. And it's like. I don't. I'm not bothered when people are vegan. They do that because kudos to you for doing having the ethical choice of doing that. I, yeah. It's a very difficult thing to do. And but it's just. I'll, t- I'll tell you yourself. what. I'll tell you something that's getting weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw recently um, meat that's being made in the lab. Yes, so, I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah. So there's um, synthetically growing mm. or synthesizing meat. Yeah. In a little dish. Does um, that worry you? Yeah. I mean. I think it, when it when it gets to the point when it's genetically indistinguishable from a steak mm. or a piece of mincemeat or however they they process it, yeah, um, which I think is coming. The, oh, definitely. To deny the the technology the way it's going, mm. we're going to get there. I think yeah, we will. one day. Yeah, I think the the barrier at the moment is it's far too expensive to do mm. commercially. I think a pound of meat is probably cost them tens of thousands. I think. Yeah, I think. I think a meatball was like it was either eighty or eight hundred dollars. Yeah, ridiculous. I think we've seen the same thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see once, and these things do, it gets to the point where this is commercially viable, they mm. can make money off it by selling it, how people would re- react. Because at that point, I would say, and this is on the basis that it's safe. Yeah. And... Um, Carcinogen-free, like it's not yeah. going to give you cancer or something. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what the if people move from animal products to this new product where you know no there's no, there's no suffering um i think people use the excuse that it's creepy that it's <laughs> you know they, yeah. they use that but i think that's that's a bit of a weird one because it's basically saying i'd rather have my animal suffer and be slaughtered <laughs> i like the taste, that's not creepy. Like the taste of their pain <laughs> yeah um so yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens but at that point i i'd see no reason why you wouldn't yeah, do it 100 i mean i've thought about this before i'd go like if it was like with, I like with with corn and stuff. Being vegetarian now is much easier than it was. Being vegan is obviously easier as well, but still quite difficult. But like, if I could, if I could get all my meat all lab grown, and there was, as you say, not free of this, that, and the other, I would, and it, and it tastes the same, yeah, and it didn't make you didn't, yeah, I'd hundred percent do it. And as long as it was reasonably like price, like if it was like twice the price, I can't afford that. But if it was like ten percent more, yeah, sure, I'm happy to pay the small amount extra for more. Uh, for more ethical meat and I think I'm in the same thing as you the same boat it's like with eggs I just don't buy caged eggs because caged eggs they're about 50p cheaper than like free it, free range but it's like we shouldn't even really be allowing caged you know oh, what I mean yeah like, they don't taste as good they're... No, they don't the yolks aren't as orange and it, yeah it's what it's pence at the end of the day and you just get the free range eggs it's, yeah they're, they're nicer Exactly. There's some families that are so skint that uh, like a few, like 50p is a difference to them. But we I should don't have... buy that. Just don't buy your cigarettes and <laughs> but to, to a degree, boost for the week. But I also think that the, what the government should do is make it so just ban caged hens. Like if you ban it, then eventually all the free range stuff, because everyone will be buying it, they can cut down the price slightly because then if they make one pence per sale, but they make a million sales mm. as opposed to five pence, but then you make 200,000 sales. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if they it's, just did it's, that. It, it's a funny one as well. It, the way humans will, like dogs, for example, you do not eat a dog. No. If you eat a dog, you're a monster. Dogs are in the our Western friends, world, yeah. as are cats. Mm. Um, pigs, on the other hand, which you know, arguably are well, they're just as smart a, as dogs. I think. Yeah, emotionally, they're very complex. You know, creatures. They have um, social, very complex social hierarchies um, and stuff. Yeah, um, groups and. That sort of thing, and to see, to say you can keep one of them in a cage and eat it, um, yeah. but you can't a dog. It, again, it's just it's, it's a weird way of putting 
these lines in the sand yeah. in really arbitrary places and it it links back to the whole thing we talk about drugs and the thing of veganism but it is now getting a bit late so there's a yes. clock there um so right this there mate oh yeah <laughs> um so yeah we're gonna have to wrap this up and it's pretty dead on the hour no worries. so um yeah i definitely want to have you on again though maybe cool. for a bit longer another, some other time it's, my pleasure um, yeah it's been a lot of fun thanks for coming Thank on you. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys. Now, next week's episode, um, I have not fully decided what it's going to be yet. Um, I recorded an episode yesterday with Wayne, who I did the um, paleontology episode with, and also the episode about the human condition, when we were sort of talking about his book. Um, and Josh is also on there. So it's Josh, who's the um, guy I do science but simple with, my marine biologist friend. So I've basically got a marine biologist and a paleontologist on. Um, the first half of the podcast, we talk about uh, politics, that sort of thing, and we talk about so many things thinking about it it's kind of hard to label it all but then the second half of the podcast we basically just talk about our favorite animals and things like that so and obviously having these two which are know much more about animals than i do it, it goes for a fantastic chat so um that might be out next week or i'm planning on releasing uh, recording rather an episode with a friend of mine who's also called steven who um i think he goes by steve in fact but um so it's two Steves potentially consecutively but um, Steve if we do get to do the podcast he's basically he's a homosexual um, and he has known he's one since for, since he was basically very young so um, I'm hoping to talk to him about that and sort of get some perspective because a lot of us people who are just you know sort of born straight it's it's quite essentially it's quite an easy life in the only in the sphere of sort of relationships you, you kind of as the majority of people uh, in at least the western world are um generally straight um or are at least uh attract to the opposite gender as well as other things it, it, we don't really think about how difficult it can be you know so for people trying to find people with the same sex you know there's it's not the same dynamic you know you can kind of you shouldn't necessarily obviously but you know when a guy's out in town and sees a girl having a drink and you go go over there and talk to them you kind of assume that they're into your gender whereas obviously if you're homosexual then it's it's almost assumed that they're not unless you're in certain places so obviously i don't know much about this so mine's a bit of a mess me trying to describe this and apologies if uh any of the thing i just said was absolute drivel but um basically I, i'm gonna get i'm hoping for steve to come on so he can talk about these sorts of things so i can be a bit more sort of wise about being homosexual as essentially knowing about that sort of thing because obviously i'm a cisgendered straight white male so in the sense of prejudice and that sort of thing, as I've got an easy life in that regard. Of I, I haven't. Not obviously, white men just have an easy life, but there's, there's a, is a degree of privilege there. Um, which maybe I'll talk about that in another episode about white privilege and my opinions on that. But you know, coming sort of off that, so that they're the two that I've got recorded at the moment. I've, I think I've got a few more lined up. Um, Wayne's sister, um, she works in a zoo nearby, so she's basically a zoologist, I imagine. Um, so you know another one which will be a really interesting person to chat to um, there's other people who have got sort of lined up in the pipeline so we'll kind of see where that goes um yeah i think that's it for the moment i've got a little there's a little project a friend of mine Issa, um is sorting out that i may be featured on but that's i don't think that's actually been even uh, started fully yet i think that's just kind of in the pipeline um but if anyone wants to check out Issa's other work, because he's he's a he's basically a hero. I love him. Um, he's got a podcast called Young, Free, and Coupled. Um, so he's a Londoner, and him and his wife do a podcast together, and it's it's really really good. I really recommend it. Um, the last two episodes they've done are with um, it's called Coupled Conversations. Um, so one of them is a person who sorts out theatrical productions, and the other one is with a gentleman called Sergio, um, who's done illustrations for Marvel and DC, and he also did uh, the Action Bible, um, which I wasn't aware what the Action Bible was because I'm not a religious individual, but it's basically the Bible, but it's like a graphic novel version of it, so it's quite good for kids to get into that sort of thing. So young free and coupled go check that out because i may be doing projects in the future with Issa, and even if i don't do projects in the future with Issa, i love him he's amazing so you should go support him uh, i think that's everything really you know uh, don't forget to like us on instagram twitter and facebook um we're on youtube podbean we're also on spotify now which is amazing uh reviews on facebook or um, itunes are always very much appreciated had a few more on itunes which makes me very happy so thanks guys um i think that's really it so i'm gonna kind of 
finish this up and hopefully go enjoy the sun a little bit more because we're currently in a heatwave in Britain which means everyone's complaining about being in a heatwave because everyone's far too hot because no one in Britain has aircon but oh well trying to be optimistic about the situation and not literally melting while I'm recording this I'm actually topless in shorts recording this and I'm trying not to stick to the leather sofa so um yeah that noise that's me sticking to the sofa (laughs) it's pretty gross anyway guys uh thanks as always for listening I appreciate all of you and um I'll talk to you next week